Hello and welcome to this week's instalment of the JersNet podcast. Well, it's been a week of mixed emotions for Rangers fans, with a heroic performance in Russia securing European football up until Christmas, before the unbeaten run came to an end on Sunday over in the east of the city. We'll take a look back at all the major talking points from the two biggest games of Gerrard's managerial career so far, as well as discussing the challenge that faces the squad in Europe. And later, we'll be casting a critical eye over the shape of the squad following the closure of the transfer window and discussing the new deal for Alfredo Morelos. My name's Ross Bennett and I'll be your Gersnet podcast host this week. And joining me tonight, we've got two of our regulars. First up, we have David Fraser. David, how are you doing this evening? Uh, not too bad, considering the result, Ross. How are you doing? Aye, uh, no so bad, no so bad. Also returning to the podcast this week from the excellent Four Lads Had a Dream blog, it's Stevie Clifford. Stevie, how are you doing? Evening, guys. Yeah, we're here. Um, disappointed, but not uh, disheartened, I think, overall. Uh, it feels a wee bit fresh, um, but certainly feeling a lot better this evening than we did after uh, some of those old firms from last season. I think the old firm is, is the best place to, to kick off and, and address this straight away. Uh, Obviously, first old firm game of the season, first old firm game of Stephen Gerrard's career, first old firm game for a, a large number of the squad today for Rangers, but importantly, not for a number of the Celtic players. And that experience seems to tell today. We went down 1 0, um, although, in truth, in that first 45 minutes, it certainly could have been a few more, uh, a few more than just the one. Maybe saw a wee bit of a revival from the Rangers boys after the goal went in, but by that time, it was probably the damage was done. David, coming to you first, what was your overall impression of the game today? Overall, Disappointing, Ross. Um, I thought the I thought the performance was was lacking. Whether uh, you can put that down to uh, being tired from the the game on Thursday night, I don't know. But the uh, the we just seemed to be off the pace. Um, I, I don't necessarily buy into what people are saying online that the the tactics uh, were necessarily wrong, but Overall, just a, a, a deflation after the Thursday night, I guess. No, deflation is a good word for it because it was, you know, it's been a, a, an incredible week. Obviously, two more signings coming into the squad, holding on to Morelos, um, and and progressing into the group stages of the Europa League, which is a, an incredible achievement. We'll, we'll give that a lot of time later on in the show. So tonight, you know, coming away and and, and not being able to take anything away from Parkhead is is really deflating and really disappointing. Stevie, how about yourself? What did you make of the game? I always try and look for the, the positives, you know, touch on that in a wee second, but first and foremost, disappointed. We just never expressed ourselves properly. And, and something you asked me a couple of weeks ago on, on the pod we were on of, of what we could do better, and I said that we needed to move the ball better and we needed to move the ball quicker, was no more evident than today. We were terrible in possession. A couple of times that we nicked the ball back and we weren't brave on it we weren't good enough and we did not for any period of the game of, of the first half rather we didn't at all get them turned which I don't like Davey said a wee bit there I don't I don't blame that on the tactics we have to trust the players out there to be brave in the ball and pass and move the ball quickly and properly our wide men Barisic especially we just did not do the things that we've been doing well recently and that's what cost us Positives were that we didn't crumble, we were resolute, we were brave in defence and we looked comfortable, we looked well drilled and our shape was good. 
aside of that, the positives are, are thin on the ground for me. Um, maybe dissect it more slightly in a, in a bit, but yeah, I'm disappointed. Of course, we have been beat by our biggest rivals. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't get better um, on a Sunday evening after that. I'm afraid. No, absolutely. It's an interesting point actually that you make there about it was you know that we didn't move the ball quick enough, and it, the first half especially it was it was sluggish. And and Gerard himself, in post match, he said that we didn't play football enough. You know, we weren't we, we held our shell held our shape okay, and we were resolute, and and we withheld a lot of pressure in that first forty five. But we never actually did the things that we know we can do well. You know, this side has has proved that they are a, a good footballing team, and they can move the ball, and they can. Um, they can be a real threat going forward and, and we didn't see any of that and, and what was quite evident for me today was that we seemed to be lacking something in midfield um, you know if we, we held firm at the back but there was nowhere for the ball to go so there was often a long punt up top trying to find uh, Morelos trying to find Lafferty both of whom their hold up play wasn't really as, as good as it should have been today and we didn't keep the ball in midfield anywhere near enough and I wonder how much an impact today it was not having Koulibaly because it seemed like the kind of game that he was cut out for. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see him back soon. Stevie, you said there that you know we weren't moving the ball about quick enough. I wonder how much of this is down to kind of the, the circumstance and the context of it. Do you think that that playing a game, you know, a several hour flight away in Russia only three days ago, how much of an impact has that had on today's result? I think it does have an impact, but I'm not going to use it as an excuse. Gerard said a couple of weeks ago that that wasn't going to be an excuse for us, and it shouldn't be. Being tired does not stop you making a five-yard pass. And I think, and I've watched it today, I've watched bits of it again in, in, on, the, on the replay, because I like, I like to dissect things and see where we went wrong. And I'm going to make a point here, and I don't know if anybody will agree with it, but it's something that struck me. The players looked so consumed today by stopping them that they were that that was a primary function. Especially the midfield three, Ajaria, Jack and Arfield, they did a power of work, a power of running on the back of a, a really difficult shift on Thursday. So that's to be commended. But they were more consumed for me with stopping Celtic than actually doing what they should be doing when they have stopped them. Being brave, making the passes, making our triangles. There was no overlaps on, on the way on the wide play. We didn't get the players involved that we should have done. And I, I cannot I cannot for the life of me believe that Stephen Gerrard set us up to do that. We set up to do what we did in the second half. And it's ironic that we got caught by a goal that we actually set ourselves up to do to do ourselves at the other end. Thursday Thursday was massive for us. I mean, performance wise, you know, we we were we were heroic when we went to nine men especially. But Thursday's been and gone. If the players were tired and if it took that much out of them, then he he, he has to rotate the squad. Something I want to touch on a wee bit later as well is Gerard's use of the squad. But I'd, I'd yeah, it's a factor. Is it a valid excuse? It's not for me. We sh- we shouldn't make excuses. I think it's a fair point, but I mean. You're right there saying that the midfield they did a power run, and I just wonder how much it's taken out of them mentally. Um, but no, you're right; it's it's not an excuse, and the manager doesn't see it as an excuse. The fans will never accept it as an excuse. Um, going over to Russia is an opportunity, not a not a hindrance. Um, 
David, what about experience? How much does experience count in these games? I mentioned at the intro there that you know there was a large number of Rangers players making their old firm debut, whereas you know this was the exact same Celtic side that lined up against us in the five 0 defeat at the end of last season. How much does experience count in the old firm derby? Experience is key, Ross. Uh, it's not just in the old firm derby. Celtic have got uh, experience of playing high pressure games midweek and then at the weekend. That's something that's obviously new to to the players playing in a Rangers team. Now, I, I disagree slightly with what Stevie's saying there. Um, I think you can um, get tired expending a lot of mental energy. Uh, obviously, the other night, uh, they played a significant period of the match down to 10 men. They also played a significant period of the match down to 9 men. Couple of that with league games where they've played um, with less than 11 men and a full complement of players. So I think the the toll uh, that was taken by that um, was laid bare today. Uh, another thing was the, the how fluid Celtic are. Um, the Rangers midfield really seemed to cope, uh, struggle to cope with that rather. And uh, I, I agree with you entirely that, that Lasana Koulibaly would have probably made a difference in there in terms of his mobility. Uh, but experience, that's something they're going to need to get up to speed with rather quick. Uh, obviously, Ovi Ajaria is young in terms of his first team career, same with Ryan Kent. But I, I, I concur with what Stevie said, that, that, that when we're going back to front on a lot of occasions and the ball didn't really stick, I think a lot of what a Rangers players just didn't play well today. I think it was just one game too many. Absolutely. One game too many is a really good way to put it. And it's um, the, the game's come at the wrong, absolutely at the wrong time for us because it's been such a hectic run of games that we probably didn't quite anticipate. You know, I don't think many people predicted that we would get all the way to the playoff round of the Europa League. And so I think we all remember when these, when these fixtures were announced. And we saw the, the opening four league fixtures and three really tough games in there. Um, I think we all expected it to be difficult, but it's probably that difficulty has been a wee bit compounded by, by circumstance. And that's not a great because I am, you know, there's no one more delighted than me that, we, that we've had the opportunity to, to play all these European matches. And obviously we're going to get to play even more. It's just circumstance um, has, has made the game today. What was already a, a massive challenge has, has made it even bigger. But David, saying that, you know, we've had humiliating results against Celtic over the past couple of seasons, and we've had better Rangers sides than this one, more experienced Rangers sides than this one, go to Parkhead and come away with worse than a 1-0 defeat. Can you see improvements in this squad from the team that was lining up a year ago? Definitely, definitely. The, the, the performance, albeit Rangers weren't, very good today, you know, the, the, the team, generally speaking, didn't play well, individuals didn't play well. There's no doubt it's night and day, but if you look at it on the flip side, <coughs> um, they must have an absolute sitter. They've hit the bar twice, um, they've hit the post once, and uh, Alan McGregor touched one on the bar. So the, 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 the score line could have been far heavier, and I think it would be remiss of us to just completely um, airbrush that out of the analysis of the game. Uh, yes, we've, we've came in a relative distance in a short space of time. This is obviously a new team. 
a new management team. Uh, we're just getting used to working with each other. So I think credit where credit is due. The, the, the first hurdle has been passed in terms of making it to the Europa League group stages. But the league campaign uh, has, has stuttered and faltered slightly. I mean, that, that's borne out by the fact they've only amassed five points at a possible 12. So uh, they're going to need to get experienced and up to speed and use uh, the experiences of playing in high-pressure games, you know, in this case this season, Thursday to Sunday, uh, and making sure that they don't make errors uh, that are self, largely self-inflicting. I'm not saying that they, they, you know, they shot themselves in the foot today. They didn't by any manner of means, but they're going to need to get up to speed and live with the pressure of winning every match. And some players will be able to you know, deliver on it. Some players will, will find it hard to do and it might need to be dragged through by their teammates and others won't be able to make it. But it's too early to judge on that, I would say. But certainly, it was, you know, they avoided a, another thrashing today, which I guess is the only um, silver lining to uh, an otherwise dark cloud. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point. You mentioned their credit where credit's due, but let's not pretend that this was um, a strong display. I, I'll be honest, I was... Bitterly, bitterly disappointed at halftime. Relieved and, and chuffed to get in at, at nothing each at halftime. But I thought the performance in the first 45 was shocking. And, you know, fine, big trip to Russia midweek, hectic schedule, all the rest of it, naivety maybe, or, or inexperience at least, and in a, in a very hostile atmosphere that's more hostile than it's ever been. Um, but actually, in terms of playing football in the first half, I thought we were really poor and really disappointing. I wonder, you know, if if we would be being more critical, especially, you know, not just today, but looking at the league table so far, thinking we've, we've amassed five points, would we be more critical of the team if it was not a new manager and if it was not Steven Gerrard? You know, if, if Graham Murty had put that, you know, a, a Graham Murty side puts that performance in today, I think he'd be being slaughtered. But I think... Steven Gerrard is still sort of getting away with a wee bit because he's new, because it's all exciting. And you're right, you know, they, they still need time to work together, to get to know each other a bit better, to trust each other. Um, there have been encouraging signs, but I think days like today remind us that it's, it's still a work in progress and that we are not the finished article and this is going to be a long, hard season. Now, today, for me, the main talking point, obviously, there's only one goal in the game and, and they're a big talking point is was there a foul on Ryan Jack in the lead up to the goal um, which is being hotly debated obviously in the media and and everywhere else Stevie what was your take on it should a foul have been given uh, in, in the build up to the Celtic goal today yes absolutely a foul Ryan Jack jumped and um, his standing leg is taken away by a right boot uh, it's a swipe takes him out it, it actually drags drags him away as he falls it's a clear foul. The fourth official is telling the referee it's a foul. And, and I'll make this point again. I've made it about Willie Collum before. Willie Collum does not referee a game. He referees the occasion. He knows fine well if he gives a free kick there, we're in a dangerous position outside the box. That kind of hostile atmosphere. He bottles it. He doesn't give it. Likewise, there was a similar situation uh, where Morelos was, was tripped off the ball as well. Doesn't give that free kick either. That's right on the edge of our box. We're in an attacking position. You go up the other end, Ryan Christie, with his, his best Olympic dive, 
and they immediately get a free kick at the edge of the box and out comes a card for Golson. Now you can tell by the reaction of the players around it as well. Everybody stopped when Ryan Jack went down because it was a free kick. Willie Collum, I'm sorry to say it, it, it's not an excuse. It's a valid point. The major talking point in the game and he got it wrong again and it's not the first time it's happened to us and it won't be the last. David, how did you see it? Um, do you agree with Stevie there that it was a foul and if it, if it was a foul you know, the referee's seen it once, he's seen it quickly. Is there any any leeway, any room for doubt, or was it a, a stick-on foul? 100% it was a foul. I've not watched it back, so I, I couldn't recall exactly um, Wally Collins' positioning, but it's a foul. You can dissect it, you can go through it, backwards, forwards, sideways, it's a foul. We should have blown up for it. And as Stevie says, it would have been on the edge of their box, it would have been a chance to, a chance to Rangers and it's just, it's cost us. I mean, the, the, the managers um, quite rightly came out and, and made mention of it. And yeah, it's just a, another example of um, substandard refereeing in this country, which we've spoke at length last season about, Ross. Aye, it's incompetence, isn't it? It's incompetence. And what Stevie's mentioned there, I've, I've seen that being written. And I know that Gerard has mentioned that the fourth official was shouting down his mic, foul, foul, foul. And if that's the case, if that turns out to be true, and I've got no reason to doubt it, so if that turns out to be true, that the fourth official is letting the referee know that there's a foul and Celtic go up the other end of the pitch and score a goal from it. That is, it's absolutely scandalous. But, you know, the, the, the narrative this season has been set that if any decision goes against Rangers and if Rangers or if Steven Gerrard come out and say that a decision's gone against us, we're painted with a paranoia brush now. That's the way that the, the media's spinning things after a couple of weeks ago. Um, when when we had a couple of shocking refereeing performances and Gerard immediately called it out, we're being called paranoid and it's silly and it's delusional and that's that's the way it's been um, spun. And if if it really is the case that the fourth official is telling the referee it's a foul, the referee ignores the fourth official. Celtic go up the other end of the pitch and score the winning goal from that. I think it's absolutely scandalous. But of course, you you won't hear anything anything from the media about that because it it doesn't fit the narrative, David. We've mentioned there, obviously, that the performance wasn't what we've come to expect from this side. We can take into account inexperience. We can take into account, you know, a, a difficult away game in Russia, maybe a bit of a Euro hangover, mental fatigue, whatever it might be. But what does Steven Gerrard need to learn in order to improve for the next time we face Celtic? And we're facing them four times a season at the very least. What does he need to, to learn? Where does he need to improve to make sure that they don't get the better of us again this season? Well, that's difficult to assess, Ross. Uh, like Stevie, I don't, um, Stevie Clifford, that is, I, I don't believe that he, he sent the team out to play in the way that they did. I think if you look at some of Ryan Jack's uh, time on the ball, he looked jittery, he looked nervous. Um, he didn't look his, his usual assured self in tight areas when someone was closing him down. Um, I think that how Rangers could improve will be down largely to who Stevie can select his team from. And obviously, we, we, we suffered today with, with a couple of um, absences, which probably upset the flow of the team slightly. And again, I think, you know, we, we can go into this and, and, and look for reasons why we didn't play, but we just didn't play. Kyle Lafferty had a, a poor game. The, the, the chances that we had, you know, Alfredo Morelos uh, used his 
he's dead of earth to um, make Boyata slip, made his way into the box and basically shot straight at Craig Gordon. So I think that, you know, just too many players were off the boil today. And uh, again, I make mention of it, that the Celtic formation is pretty fluid. You know, they line up with a back four uh, when required, but more often than not, they go to a three, which leaves them with five in the middle of the park, sometimes six when, when Rodgers come back to, to crowd out the middle of the park. And, and Rangers didn't really come up with any answers. Now, whether the players are you know, maybe not responding to instructions as well as they might, due to tiredness, whether that be mental fatigue or just physical uh, tiredness, I'm not too sure. But I think that if they're, they're, they're more um, fresher, uh, in future games against Celtic and, and other teams at the top of the league for that matter. Uh, that will play a large part in, in determining how we look to improve in, in a match of such magnitude. I think it's very well put. Obviously, today was uh, a slightly interesting event, not just on the park, but off the park as well, because it was the first time that we've gone there with such a small allocation of tickets. Um, I'm sure everyone's aware, obviously, of the history of the, you know, we we cut their allocation so that we didn't have to give them the Brumlin every time. Um, Celtic responded by cutting our allocation as well. So I think it was something like 800 tickets that we were given for the game today, um, which, you know, there's there's two sides to the argument of, of us taking the step to cut their allocation because everyone obviously knew that they would immediately retaliate and do the same thing. Um, and a lot of people have been left unhappy that they can't go and support the team um, and, and suspected that it might have a negative impact if we had such a small presence in the stadium. Stevie, with that being borne out today, is it too early to say or do you think that maybe having a reduced allocation and only having a few hundred Rangers fans, will that have made an impact on the players today? No, I don't believe so at all. Um... I don't think it made a, a difference when we went to Maribor. I don't think it made a difference when we were in um, Russia or Croatia, etc. The players should be concentrating on what goes on the pitch. You asked um, David a question there about what we need to do better and what Gerard need to learn. We as a squad, as a team going forward, when it comes to these kind of games, we have some balls. It's all right being defensive and being able to contain and being able to do our job properly that way. But see, when we get on the ball, we need to be brave. We need to make it happen, and we need to trust the players around us and move the ball and turn the opposition. We didn't turn Celtic today until we, we pressed slightly. Candace was on and, and made our best pass of the game with a one-touch pass into Tavernier, and we split them wide open. And we had a chance to equalise in, in the last minute or so of normal time. Going forward, and when we play them again, it's it's okay to, to try and nullify them. We get that. They're, they're a good side. I don't care what anyone says. We need to recognise that. They're a good side. They're a fluid side, as David points out. They're very well drilled and organised. But we can break them down, and we can turn them, and we can attack them, like we can do with any other teams. But in order to do that, you need to trust your peers next to you. We didn't trust each other today. We weren't confident on the ball. We didn't move it quick enough. We did not do the things that we do well. Stop concentrating on the opposition as much and concentrate on ourselves. Get ourselves drilled. We want to know what's going to take to beat them and be better. That's what we need to do. And it has absolutely nothing to do with, only in my opinion, may I add, how many fans we've got on the ground. It doesn't matter if there's one or 10,000 Rangers fans. I expect better from them than we got today. 
and that requires bravery and it requires us to be more fluid and it requires us to be to be more ballsy on the ball and going forward and have confidence in each other. I expect better next time we play them and next time we play in general. See, Stevie, tonight you've now said a couple of things that are making me slightly nervous. You said that the players didn't trust each other and I think that was quite evident today. You're, you're spot on. The players didn't trust each other today and they weren't brave enough today. You've also said that it looks like the, the managers set the players up in a certain way to play in a certain style and they haven't done that. So players not trusting each other and players not following instructions, to me that's concerning as a fan. How do you think that needs to be addressed? It's just belief in each other. First of all, they need to get on the training field and, and work on their passing and work on, the, on their, their, their going forward, their shape and things like that. But also, David, again, nails it as well. It's, it's to do with personnel as well. See the second half in Maribor um, at Ibrooks. That's where we need to, to be as a team. We were excellent. And the reason we were excellent, and looking back on it as well, we were 20, 30 yards higher up the pitch. And that is born by a midfield centred around Lasana Koulibaly, who drives us forward, closes down space, presses the game. Our pressing game today was, was null and void. It was almost like he, he told them not even to do it. And we look our best under Gerard when we do press and we do play on the front foot like that. We are, how we rectify what happened today is, is due to the personnel, how we play, and it's, and it's got to be due to practice as well. We are well drilled. We're a good unit. We're a good shape. We're, we're resilient and things like that, and that's all good. But it's absolutely pointless if we're camped on our box for 90 minutes. And we need to learn as a unit and as a team. If Koulibaly's not there, it's up to Ryan Jack. It's up to Scotty Arfield to take our midfield 20, 30 yards up the pitch. And then in turn, it pushes the opposition. It doesn't allow them time. And we can then turn and move. Failure to do that today is, is down to... What, what I've already spoken about, maybe a, a little bit, a, a lack of, of bravery. It doesn't, it doesn't overly concern me because we're still, a, 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 something you said there, Rose, it doesn't overly concern me because we are a work in progress, but it does require, when big players are missing, it does require others to stand up. And that's maybe where Ryan Jack hasn't, hasn't performed today. I expected Ryan Jack to be the orchestrator and take us 20, 30 yards up the field and he didn't do it. And they were, that goes back to what I said before. To me, we were more concerned and more consumed with stopping Celtic than worrying about what we do best. That is what we need to rectify. And the only way to rectify that is working hard on the training field and getting them drilled. There's no way, in my opinion, that McAllister and Gerard, Michael Beale are watching that today and they're happy with it. Absolutely no way. We will work on that. We will get better. I've got absolutely no doubt. Uh, maybe the international break is coming at a good time for us as well in that regard and it gives us a bit of extra time to get some work done on the training pitch. Look, it's it's a difficult one because today for me the the scoreline wasn't as bad as it could have been with the performance. The performance was worse than the result, um, and that's left me feeling today very disappointed. And I think for a lot of fans and, and me included, today was a wee bit of a reality check um, because things have felt very very good under Stephen Gerrard. And today reminds me that we still have a long way to go on this journey. We still are a work in progress, but at the same time. The league is not won and lost just on one match against Celtic. This is a long season. This is a long, hard season with, in my opinion, other teams that are improving hearts look a different force this season. 
um, in particular. So the league does not come down to today. Us being a success or a failure over the course of a season does not come down to one 90 minutes in the East End of Glasgow. There's a long way to go. Um, but I think we still have the, the right men at the helm. We still have the, the right coaching set up. I think we've recruited well. Um, so I'm still confident that look, today hurts. Every defeat against them hurts. But it certainly does not hurt as much as it did 12 months ago. Ross, can I just come in to just embellish that slightly? I think seeing the defence of Ryan Jack, I think Ryan's, the, the best performances we've put in this season, and Stevie's alluded to it, was uh, in the first five to ten minutes of the second half against Maribor. The, the, the system, I think if there's two midfield anchors, I think that gives Ryan Jack and Koulibaly more uh, more safety in numbers. They're, they're, more, they're more comfortable with that system. You need two anchors there and the two guys that, that either go wide or tuck back to give him a hand. It just seems more balanced. Today, Scott Arfield, sometimes he didn't know whether he whether to go forward, when to drop back. Same with the boy over at Jaria. He was trying to do everything and he looked dead in his feet. I mean, he, he, he could have been substituted early in the match. So I think that's that's something to bear in mind where, you know, we don't want to get too carried away. We don't want to get too despondent about, you know, whether the, the management team's are right, the appointment, all that kind of stuff. I think that's, you know, we don't want to throw the, the, the baby out of the bathwater. I think it's important to keep that in mind. This has been a blip. We've had a hard week. We've put a lot into getting into the Europa League group stages, and I think that we don't want to, you know, make a mountain out of more here. I think that's important to bear that in mind. Right. In the spirit of not being too despondent about things, we do need to remember that, that over the course of this week, we had, you know, a result that going back two months would have been absolutely unthinkable, um, and we've secured. European football at Ibrox up until Christmas for the first time in what I believe is seven years. Um, and it's it's absolutely marvellous because the way that that competition is set up, us going into the first qualifying round, it's it's set up so that little teams don't, don't progress. I'm not saying we're a wee team, but we've been put in with little teams there. You look at the teams that were coming in around us and that's because of the, the shocking coefficient that Scottish football clubs have because of the way that we were treated in no, in, in no small way, by the way. So for us to, to progress to the, the group stages of the, Euro, the Europa League is, is an absolutely magnificent achievement and, and certainly shuts up a, a certain number of people in the, in the Scottish media who have been very, very quiet. One, Mr Spears, by the way, who wrote about Stephen Gerrard looking quietly terrified of the proposition ahead in Europe and at the first attempt he guides us through to the Europa League group stages without losing a single game. So he's certainly shown a lot of people up there. We secured that uh, the, the passage through to the group stages, obviously, with a, as I said earlier, heroic performance away in Russia, being reduced to 10 and then to nine men for the last 20 minutes of the game. I was at work, personally, having to keep up watching this on, watching it coming in on Twitter and uh, various updates on the internet. And then I managed to watch the game later when I got home that evening. David, what did you make of the performance out in Russia? Heroic, Ross. In a word, heroic. Um, up against it for a significant chunk of the game, but they held firm. Uh, Alan McGregor, again, outstanding. Uh, and they, they deserved everything that they got out of the, the match, and they, they, they fully deserved the, the welcoming committee that they got at Glasgow Airport when they, they touched down at half one in the morning. So 
good on the lads. They, they, they did us proud the other night. They certainly did. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned the lads that showed up at the airport as well because we've not had enough good times at this club over the past six or seven years. We haven't had the good times. So when the good times come, we should not be afraid to celebrate them. We shouldn't be afraid to be overjoyed at how this team does. No matter who wants to tell us that you know, it's embarrassing for us to show up at the airport, it's embarrassing for us to celebrate our success. It's not embarrassing. We're celebrating our team. So I'm delighted that you know the, the players had a proper reception at 1, 1.30 in the morning, whenever it was that they landed. Stevie, I asked you, first of all, earlier this evening, um, if you thought there was a foul in the lead up to the, the Celtic goal, obviously uh, two more refereeing decisions in the uh, in the game out in Russia with uh, Morelos and then John Flanagan being sent off. What did you make of those two decisions? Were they both justified red cards? Let's start maybe with uh, Alfredo Morelos. Yeah, he's, he's definite caution for kicking the ball away. It's Huffy. He then won't go to the the official to collect his yellow card. Uh, makes a slight wee gesture and, and off he pops. I mean, is it justified? I'm a, I'm a referee, we've said this before, and the, one of the worst things you can get on a, on a pitch towards a referee's descent, we don't know what was said towards him. Is it justified on, on, a, on a professional game like that? I'm not sure because you, you see players mouthing off at referees all the time. Letter of law, probably. Is it soft? Absolutely. But aside of that, Morelos needs to learn we know that John Flanagan I've still not seen his first caution unfortunately um, I missed the first 15-20 minutes because um, the Rangers television um, wasn't working so I've, I've not seen his first caution second caution was ridiculous he goes in he wins a header not particularly a, a good header but he eats first to the ball he gets connection and the player goes down uh, and the referee is just it's just a poor decision it really is you can tell by the, the reaction of, of, of Stevie Smith. Stevie Smith's played um, obviously professional football and everything else and he calls it well on Rangers telly. And he was, you could you could hear the, the kind of aghast in, in his voice when he was talking about it. It's never a, a red card, but that's the, the first time in, in any of the, the eight European games that I've had any reason to question decisions by the, the officials. I, I think they've been spot on in the games we've had them. Um, which makes a massive difference to what we're used to on a weekly basis and, and um, domestically. But no, Flanagan, definitely not. It's definitely not a second caution. Um, as I said, I haven't seen the, the, the first caution, so I can't really comment on that. But letter of the law, Morelos, yes, but it's harsh as well. But I'm not sure I can say much more on it, to be honest. No, I think you're right. The thing with the Flanagan one is that Flanagan's done this before as well this season is that when he does jump, it almost looks like he's leading with his arm, even though he's kind of, you know, he, he uses his arm for momentum or for leverage or whatever it is, but he's not really leading with an elbow or anything like that. So it, it's one of those where I think it looks worse than it is. And it's, it's, it's a really, really soft booking, that second yellow card. Um, but look, I think Borna Barisic was signed as a first choice left back. I think there's no way that John Flanagan at the moment, who I think his last couple of games haven't been as strong as his first few games were, I don't think there's any way that he's displacing Tav at right back. So I think it shouldn't have too many knock-on impacts um, going into the group stages. I think Barisic and, and Tav will be the full-backs and, and, and that'll be that. So it shouldn't be too much of an issue. Morelos, on the other hand, um, suspended for the, for the game away in Spain, uh, will be... For me, that's 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 a bigger miss. Um, 
as I've just alluded to there, the first game's going to be in Spain against our uh, you know old friends over at Villarreal and that's got the fans shaking for certainly one reason that might not be so much to do with the football. Uh, also a game against Rapid Vienna and away to Moscow to face Spartak. David, what's your reaction to the draw? Is that the glamour ties you were looking for or is that, um, particularly with Moscow, is that an unnecessary, another long away day? I thought the, the draw is pretty favourable, Ross. I, I think that um, it serves as better to avoid any big guns, especially teams from England. Um, yes, I think that there's... Once we go over the disappointment today and actually look at um, the possibilities of how many points we can amass, I think we we can go into that group and look to, to do ourselves justice. I'm not saying that we, we necessarily could realistically expect to qualify out of it, although I don't think that's beyond us. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a test of uh, the, the playing staff and the managerial staff's metal. I think that you know they're on a steep learning curve, but that's the way Stevie and his staff want it. And I dare say that he'll be um, imparting that to, to his players as well. So these players have signed for Rangers for to play in these big games. Yeah, they, they may not necessarily be the most glamorous in terms of European opponents, but Nevertheless, the big games, the the games that the, the fans can go along to iBooks and travel away from home and, and look forward to and enjoy. And I, I think that um, you know, if the, the football and gods shine upon us, we keep everyone fit uh, and we play to our, our maximum potential, allowing for the fact that we surely will, will progress as a team as the season goes on. And I think uh, you know, we, we may just upset a few um, and the odds and, and, and may well you know, get into the next phase of the competition. Do you agree with that, Stevie? Do you think that we've got any chance of progressing or is this realistically as, as far as we go this year? I'd never rule out progression. Um, but what I would say is in terms of we've maybe got the most difficult, unglamorous ties we could have got. Um, I mean, Moscow aren't um, like an AC Milan, for example, um, who I, I quite fancied a, a wee crack at them from, from plot two just for the whole, the, the glamour side of it. But Spartak are a really decent team, Champions League last year, etc. Villarreal, we know that the teams from La Liga are going to be difficult. Um, Vienna are a, a, bit, a, a bit of an unknown for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like Davey says, I mean, I don't think we'll get anything to fear. But I don't, I don't think we can shout from the rooftops that we're going to do this, that and everything. We just take the games one at a time. I hope we equip ourselves really well and, and, and see what happens. We've got potential. Maribor again, we have back on, I have back on to that. If we can perform like we did in the second half against them, we'll give anyone a game at iBooks. Um, I'm just hoping that personnel and, and things like that, we can we can get these, these, these teams in good times for us. But what you were... I looked at the, one of the first things I did actually after the, the draw was look at the, the fixtures we had after and we're at home for five of them. We're away, I think, one game, I think that's Hibs on the 27th of October. Now, if we beat Ayr in the Cup, that game will be off. So that may well, very well be a trip to, to, to Hamden that weekend. Um, so that is the only kind of problematic um, game we have coming back to. I'm not saying the games at Ibrooks will be easy, but it's not a, a difficult away trip to Aberdeen, Hearts, etc. Um, so 
they've already surpassed my expectations in Europe this season. I think I spoke on the very first pod that was on about what would want to happen. I said that maybe third or fourth qualifier, and if we went out, we would go out to somebody decent. Now that we're in the group stage, I'm just going to enjoy it. I don't fear any of our opponents. I think they're all um, going to be technically very good and very sound. Um, difficult, unglamorous perhaps, um, but let's give it a go. Let's give them a game. Going to equip ourselves really well and, and see what happens. Why not? Bring it on. Exactly, bring it on. And this is what we wanted. We wanted to be back in Europe. We wanted to be competing against tough sides. We wanted to, you know, not just go and test ourselves against big clubs and these are big clubs in Europe by the way you say Spartak, Moscow, Real, Rapid Vienna these are big clubs but what I'm delighted about is that I think we as fans we deserve this you know I remember I went to, to Leipzig in Germany last January and we took what over eight eight and a half thousand fans for a, a mid-season friendly in the snow in January in Germany because we travel we follow our club passionately unlike any any other club in the world we follow and finally we're being rewarded for that finally the fans you know we've had qualifying games in Macedonia Croatia uh, Slovenia and Russia in let's be fair some difficult to get to places and and I can't remember exactly how many people it was that went to, to Russia last week at top of my head I think it was 80 something fans that went over to Russia who have my utmost respect um, but for a lot of fans, you know, these games were just a kind of a, a, a bridge too far. And I think a lot of fans deserve the opportunity to follow their club in Europe again. Um, and I, I'm so delighted that we can we can do that again. You know, I'm booking up, I'm going out to Moscow, hopefully, um, which I'm over the moon about. I know a lot of guys are, are booking up to go down to Spain. Um, it'll be a cracking trip down there, obviously, if you stay in Benidorm, stay in Valencia, whatever you want to do. Vienna, cracking city for a weekend away. Um, so the good times are coming back to the fans and that's that's just as important for me as, as what happens actually on the pitch you know if we progress we, of course we've got a shot of progression um, it's not like we've drawn AC Milan or Chelsea you know we, we've drawn tough teams but we've not drawn unbeatable sides and we've got every chance of progressing of course we have because we're a good side and you know I think if you're any of the other you, you could look at the draw and think who do I want to get from pot one pot two and everything but if you're any other club in that draw, you're thinking there's one team in pot four I want to avoid and that's Glasgow Rangers. Um, because we're a big club. We're a strong side. We've come through four rounds of qualifying without being defeated once. So I'm, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it and I'm just delighted that, that the European football is going to be back for the next couple of months anyway. David, what does it mean for you to have European football back properly, not just the group stages against a club from Macedonia, but to actually be... Thursday nights, every other week up until Christmas. What does this mean for you and what does it mean for the club? It's a massive part in the normalisation of the club, Ross. Um, getting back to, you know, Rangers being in Europe, it's 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 a huge thing in the, the psyche of the fans. You know, it's, it's, it's getting back to, getting our, getting our Rangers back, if you like. Um, obviously, the financial rewards are, are, uh, are there for all to see. But I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's... It's important from a, a fan's perspective, it's important from a media coverage perspective uh, that Rangers are, are back playing top-level European football again uh, and they've not you know, went out to a, a relative minnow uh, or a team that, that flirts with 
qualification in the Champions League through qualification from the from the league position in the, the national league. So yeah, I'm enthused. I think we can do ourselves justice given, you know, as I mentioned there previously in the last question, you know, if the if the, the, the gods shine upon us. So yeah, it means everything to us. I'm hopefully fingers crossed may get a, a wee away trip to, to Vienna in December. So uh, it's massive for the fans. It's just it's 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 good to be back and uh, long may it continue. It's good to be back. Stevie, how about yourself? Are you uh, are you hoping to get a wee trip away? I've got one and two-year-old um, boys, Ross, I'm afraid. So the boys are uh, are my life. So they kind of curtail the, the, the away trips for me um, in the last few years. But um, you never know. I've, I've, uh, I've broached the subject with the, the good lady and um, I noticed that the, the boys at the Grape are running a bus um, out to Vienna. So I've already inquired about that one. So I've not ruled it out. I'm hopeful, but um, just I think Davy again he nails it. I mean, this is part of the normalisation for the club again. It's big European nights, it's glamour nights, a noisy packed Ibrook Stadium. It's where we want to be, and who cares who the opposition are? Let's give it a go. Let's get Ibrooks rocking. Let's get behind the team, and let's 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 get ourselves back in the map with a few results and things like that. I'm not saying go and qualify. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying let's go and let these teams know that. Let Villarreal know and let Moscow know that when they come to Ibrox that they were in a game and we've given them a right good go. Let's see what happens. This is, David again, nails it. This is the normalisation for our club. We are a massive club. We're not a big club. We're a massive club. Our following shows that and we should be, we should be in Europe's group stages every year. Um, and that's, that's, yeah, might be big-headed or whatever, but that's that's the reality of it for me. So this is, this is normalisation for our club. We're back with the big guns. Let's let's get a few of them quaking and see what we can do. Bring it on. So finally this evening, I think it's uh, it's only right that we discuss the transfer window, which obviously shut the day after the game out in Russia, shut on Friday, uh, which looked like, and initially at least, it looked like that would be the transfer business done. We brought in uh, two signings, obviously. We, we brought in Eros Grezda from uh, out in Osijek, the Albanian international. Um, and also brought in Worrell, the centre-back on loan from Nottingham Forest. Uh, looked like that was going to be business done, but after the game today, it looks like Stephen Gerrard's confirmed that Gareth McCauley is expected to join up with the squad in the next couple of days. Stevie, you always seem to have your finger on the pulse and, and, and have a good little summary of the players that are coming in. What can we expect from Gareth McCauley? I think he just provides a cover. Basically, I don't think that um, Gareth McCauley's coming in to do anything other, but McCauley's a really dependable, experienced pro. Um, you're looking at him being fourth choice. He can also variably cover um, full-back positions. So it's just it's just a, a you know it's just an, a, another numbers um, coming in. But um, I'm very excited about um, Joe Worrell coming in at centre back. I think he is a tremendous prospect today. Obviously, came too soon for him. But I'll be surprised, believe it or not, if he's not starting game very soon. Um, and I think that Gresda is going to be a cracker. Um, I think that he might be the, the signing of the window, believe it or not. Um, although, obviously, McGregor and things like that. But I have, I'm very, very, very excited about this boy. He, I think, is the winger that would be missing. He's exciting, he's pacey, he's tricky. I think he's he's a potential match winner for us. And just the, the way things have started with us being solid and resolute, things like that. 
Um, he's the one for me. He's he's the the, the game changer. He's the, the difference. And I think that everybody is going to be very excited by this boy. I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised by the standard and just how good he actually is. Well, let's hope so, because it would be a serious vindication of the transfer strategy and the work that Mark Hall and Andy Scolden have been doing, which is night and day from the transfer strategy, first of all, of Mark Warburton, of, of shopping in overpriced leagues down in England for guys who had promise at the age of 17 but then have gone off the rails and don't have the bottle for it. And also night and day from the transfer strategy of Pedro Caixinha of thinking, who did I work with out in Mexico? That They'll probably work in Scotland as well. It shows you know, a significant improvement on the scouting front. It shows intellect. It shows actual analysis of, of what's needed and who can fill those gaps and not just looking at who's on the telly, who's on Sky Sports this week, not shopping about in, you know, who did I work with down at Watford in overpriced inflated leagues um, for League One rejects and duds. So it's, if nothing else, it's a breath of fresh air. And I think, I think Katic has been strong. Barisic today wasn't as strong as he has been, um, but by all accounts looks to be a very, very good signing. And if Gresda can, can carry on in that vein, I think you're right. I think we will be pleasantly surprised. And I think, uh, you know, it'll be a, a breath of fresh air for us, a breath of fresh air in, in the Scottish game as well. David, how about yourself? How did you rate this transfer window overall? Obviously, I think something like 15 players have come in, 21, 22 players have gone out. What's your overall assessment of the transfer window? It's been pretty good, Ross. As you mentioned there, there's been a lot of player turnover, unnecessary churn. Hopefully next season we won't see the same amount of bodies leaving and the same amount of bodies coming in. There'll be a bit more stability. I'm fairly enthused by the signings. I, I echo what Stevie's saying there about uh, Eros Gresner. I, mean, I think he's a, a technical player and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get to see him in the in Scotland play Albania in the, their opening uh, Nations League fixture. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what he brings. Uh, Gareth McCauley, the news broke there after the, the match that he's going to come in the next couple of days. I think that's a decent sign. And Gareth McCauley, again, the only drawback we see with Gareth is possibly... Um, his age and that he might need to play quite often to keep his sharpness up. So we need to see how Stevie and, and, and the team manage that. Other signings, yeah, I, th- I think like the, the centre halves. Uh, I have made, I made mention of this to, to pick the, the two guys up at, at central defence for for under five million quid. I mean, Mark Allen should get the jail. And the guys in the middle of the park have been well scouted, as you've, you've alluded to. Lasana Kulabal has obviously been identified as a, as a prospect. And uh, as you made mention that again, Andy Scone's obviously identifying weaknesses in the team and they're going out and securing players who will address that shortcoming within the, the playing staff. So, yeah, it's looking good. It's too early to judge right enough. I mean, obviously, the, the prizes aren't doled out other than qualification for the group stage in the Europa League, of course, but prizes aren't doled out in, in August and September. So we'll need to see how the, the lads perform over the course of the season, when the, the, the pitches start to get heavier, I mean, the, the weather in Scotland's started to turn there in the last couple of weeks, it's got a wee bit wetter, hopefully, you know, it gets dry again, but as the pitches start to, to get heavier as we go into November and December, that'll, that'll give you a good measure of how the, the players are progressing. So, I think overall, the, the window, we've got to be pleased. I would have liked to have seen possibly another attacking midfielder brought in, but 
you know, finances might dictate otherwise. That's not to say, though, that, you know, they might still be shopping for free agents and that, you know, that, that someone else may well come in. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, the lads do the business and, and take us to where we need to be this season. Absolutely. I think one of the best things, actually, about this transfer window was the fact that we brought in a lot of players. We released or sold a lot more players. Like I said 21, 22 players out the door, whatever it was, whether that's end of contract, out on loan or sold off permanently, whatever it might be, um, which shows you know the, the bloated nature of the squad with players who were never really good enough, never going to make the grade. But what's been encouraging for me was the fact that we held on to one or two really key assets. Um, obviously, we, we had West Brom coming in for Tav um, you know, a week or two back and then uh, came in, allegedly came in again on deadline day with a, a loan offer with an option to buy, which was swiftly booted away. But the main one for me was the fact that we, again, held off pressure from this time from France. Apparently, Bordeaux and Marseille were sniffing about Alfredo Morelos. Um, held off pressure. Apparently, it was reasonable bids came in for, from them for him. Uh, and then the day after the window closed, he goes and signs a new four-year contract, which for me is is massive. I think this boy... <laughs> He gets such a hard time of it from from the media, from pundits, from the opposition fans, from everyone outside the Rangers, and and some some people inside the Rangers family give him a hard time as well, um, because he misses chances and his temperament is questionable, um, although not as questionable as many people would have you believe. But he's a talent. He's raw. He needs work. Um, he might not be a natural finisher, but the work that he does to hold up the ball to bring others into play is is top notch. And and for us to hold on to him not just hold on to him in the window, but then tie him down for another four years for me is, is superb business and is, is absolutely crucial going forward. Stevie, what was what was your reaction to Morelos signing a new deal? Happy about it. Um, we obviously, he is the one that, that we, we we want to to move on for, for a lot of money. So we've protected our asset. We've, we've, again, we've made him happy. He gets a bump in wages. Um, there's there's more incentive on goal scoring bonuses and things like that, and it's it's a good move for us. Um, in in terms of of what we hope to do with him in the future, um, but it's 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 up to Alfie needs to kick on. He needs to perform like we know he can. Um, he needs to hit the the back of the net for us. But he he is a vital player. I I, I don't understand the criticism of him because. He is so vital to how we play in terms of his strength and holding it up and getting tight on defenders and turning them and things. And more often than not, the times that we've played well under Gerard has, has been influenced by Alfredo Morelos' performances up front. Today he was on scraps and um, it wasn't a best team performance to judge any of them individually. Um Lafferty's going to provide him with a wee bit of competition up there as well. Hopefully Sadiq's going to come on to a game. But I, th- I think it's a new contract is best, um, business sense-wise, for everyone. It's going to obviously be dictated by by what um, Alfredo does himself. But he looks, he looks hungry, he looks sharp. He's, he's certainly a lot fitter. And let's hope that we, we reap the, the dividends of it in the coming week. David, how about yourself? Where do you come down on the Alfredo Morelos debate? I'd concur with what Stevie said there. It's, it's protecting and ring fence and an asset. That's that's the, number, the name of the game. Uh, Stevie Gerrard's it, it, you know, he's always pointing out in press conferences how important Alfie is to the, to the team. They obviously see him as a player with a lot of potential that's, that's yet to be realised. And I think that you know, with good coaching 
and good man management, which hopefully Josie Peckerman and his staff can do now that he's been called up to the Columbia squad. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll round off some of the, the, the kind of sharp edges to his, his persona. And uh, yeah, I think we could have a, a major asset on my hands and, and possibly a season or a season and a half's time. Uh, depending on how, how rapidly it progresses. But you I mean you look at, um, at certain players that have, have left the, the Scottish Premier League in the last couple of days and they've went for big money. And I don't see why Alfredo, given you know the, the right levels of progression, keeping them fit and uh, and talking them up and, and making them feel like a, an important and a, a, more importantly, a, a good player, I think that can only do wonders for the, for the lads' confidence. So, uh, yeah, I, I concur with both you, you guys' opinions on them. It's good business, and uh, that's the way we should be conducting business as Rangers Football Club. Certainly, and it's it's delighting to see Alfredo Morelos get that call up to the Colombian national squad. You know, there's there's some good players in that team, um, and you know, even if he doesn't play over the next couple of weeks as we go into the international break, even if he doesn't play, being around that squad, being around those players, I think it will do wonders for him. It will broaden his horizons. It will give him more experience, um, and I think. As, as long as he doesn't come back injured, he'll come back a better player for it. <laughs> that said, we're going into the international break, um, which means no Rangers now for a fortnight. David, what's your opinion on these international breaks? Ooh, difficult to say, Ross. I'm not exactly um, up to speed with international football for a multitude of reasons. From a Rangers perspective, it's, it's a well-earned break. The, the guys need some downtime, uh, need some, some days off, you know, when they're not kicking a ball and, and trying to take in instructions from the coaching staff. So from that perspective, it's it's you know it comes at a good time. Hopefully the, the lads will come back from the international break whether they're away with their respective countries or whether they're training at, at Ockenhowie with their batteries refreshed and ready to go when we come to play um, our next game against Indy. No, absolutely. It is you're right. Sensibly and pragmatically speaking, it's a good thing that the players can have a bit of downtime if they do or they go experience football in another environment if they're joining up with their national teams or if they're going abroad to play or whatever they're doing but for me as a fan I cannot stand it um, I sit here now counting the hours until the, the real footballs come back because I'm not particularly interested in how Scotland get on in a friendly against Belgium or in the uh, in the nation Europa Nations League or whatever they're calling it so I cannot stand these international breaks it feels like they come around far too often for me especially since we've just had a World Cup but uh, there we go I think that'll probably wrap things up for us tonight. As always, my thanks go out to David and Stevie for joining me on the show this evening. And a big thanks also to Graham, our audio engineer, for all his hard work putting the show together. Of course, we've got the international break this weekend, so there's no domestic football, but there is going to be a special instalment of the Gelsnet podcast. So do be sure to subscribe to the pod to make sure that you don't miss out on that. If you've enjoyed the show, please do rate and review us and, and let us know your thoughts. You can always head to www.gelsnet.co.uk Check out all the great content that's up on the site. While you're there, you might as well join up to the forum and get involved in all the lively discussion as well. Finally, if this podcast hasn't been enough for you and if you're crying out for more Rangers content, you should definitely head over and check out our pals at We Welcome the Chase. You'll find their show wherever you found ours and they're always worth a listen. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next week. <laughs>